Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. And to get us started today, I'm actually, we're going to start with something a little fun today. You up for a little fun this morning? All right, so I'm actually going to need you to stand back up. So stand back up, all right, and I'm going to ask some of the staff to come up here with me and, uh, as, and, I, and uh, to kind of kick us off this morning, all right, we are all going to do a short little section of the, ready, cha-cha slide, all right? So go ahead and hit that, pump it up, all right? We're going to, they're going to watch the backside. All right, go ahead. Whenever you're ready. Now All right, here it's time we go. to get funky. To the right now. To the left. Take it back now, y'all. One hop this time. One hop this time. Right foot, two stumps. Left foot, two stumps. Slide to the left. Slide to the right. Crisscross. Crisscross. Cha-cha real smooth. Let's go to work. All right, good. Now you can take a seat. All right, that was awesome. <laughs> All right. All right, let's close in a word of prayer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, so I do that one because, man, that's, shouldn't ch- church be fun sometimes? Church should just be fun sometimes. So, All right, but this does have a point. All right. Uh, and so uh, how many of you... Uh, how many of you, before you heard the song and heard what we're going to do, like, you already, you've already heard it, you've known it before? Anybody raise? Okay, most of us in the room, right? Um, and uh, I think the reason why most of us already knew it is because uh, it's been a dance song. You do it at weddings and, and uh, I know at proms and things like that, all that kind of stuff, for a long time. Actually, I looked it up this week. Can you believe this? That song has actually been out for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> When I said that first service, um, my second cousin was in the, in the room and she like, looked like these eyes got really big. She's like, am I really that old? Yes, we're that, we're that old. All right. So like the reality is, is that we know that because it's been around a long time. But what I want to suggest is kind of as we get started this morning is that I, uh, I actually think that the reason it's, it got really popular and we really know it is because besides having like a catchy beat, right? Um, essentially, it had a really easy pattern to follow, right? Um, I mean, essentially, even if you don't know how to dance and you're not very good at dancing, right, you pretty much can do the cha-cha slide, right? To the left and to the right and hop and step and you can pretty much do all that stuff, right? And so I'm pretty sure that beyond uh, just being old and, and, uh, and, and having a good beat, like the pattern is what gave it its success. So kind of, I, I want you to hold on to that thought for just a minute. Um, if that's really true for the cha-cha slide, um, you might say then that good patterns matter. Right? Good. See, I like you. Yeah. You can just encourage me the whole time you're up here. Um, but good patterns matter, right? They, good patterns make a difference, right? And, and I use that to start today. I mentioned to you last week that we're going to start a very uh, short four-week series uh, here at the beginning of the year called Rhythms, Patterns for, uh, for Living a Life That Spiritually Works, where what we're going to do over the next four weeks is we're going to talk about specific, uh, look at variety of specific patterns uh, that it's good to have in place in our lives. So ultimately, like the cha-cha slide, which was successful, that we will have success in our lives. And not success. uh, I mean, maybe it'll be relationally and maybe there'll be other success things, but ultimately we will have spiritual success because of these patterns. Okay. 
which uh, again, this year we really, really want to see success and growth uh, in our spiritual lives. If you didn't uh, listen to last week's or were here last week for last week's message, I laid out our vision for 2021. I would encourage you, please go back, listen to that, grab what we're gonna be doing this year. It's super important um, in the midst of that. But we have a pretty big vision of 2021 being a year to train, to grow up in our spiritual lives. And so um, to that end, uh, uh, as we talk about the spiritual uh, vision for 2021 um, and kind of going deeper, uh, this week you should have gotten an email if you're in our database with a survey. It looks like this. All right, a discipleship assessment survey. And, uh, and if you didn't get the email, that's okay. Uh, you can go to, go ahead and go bring up that link if you would cornerstonevineyard.church slash survey, and you'll get the link and you can, it only take you like two, two or three minutes to fill it out. But the idea is this, as we look ahead towards uh, this series and having new spiritual rhythms and ultimately being more disciples uh, at the end of the year, we thought, hey, why don't we take a, an assessment survey at the beginning of the first series and then take it again in four weeks and see if there's a new rhythm or a new pattern spiritually that develops. Because many of you know, right, that it takes, they say 21 days plus to develop a habit or a new um, behavior, right? And so the reality is, is like the end of, end of this next month, there might be a new rhythm, a new pattern that might be established. And it's really cool to see that assessment happen in our lives, right? And so uh, if you look for that email or you can go to that website, fill that out. Again, it'll only take you a couple of minutes, okay? So with all of that then, I wanna turn our attention then to this morning and, and this first rhythm, this first pattern that we wanna talk about this morning. And to lead us into that, um, I've got a lot of media this morning. So I'm gonna show you another video. I'm gonna show you a video. So take a look at this video. sound good together. Right now, get refreshed for just a buck. Get any size Coke or soft drink for just a dollar. Mm. All right, so you can say, I'm loving it. I know that's what you guys are thinking, right? things. There's lights. Ooh, there's lights. Okay. Um, so I use that to start, right? The, the idea, right? This, mmm, right? What I would consider to be uh, the sounds of satisfaction, right? Mm. Ah. Those sounds we make when we drink something, we quench our thirst, right? Or we eat something really great. Now that may not be at McDonald's because I'm not sure they have anything that can be that. But, you know, you got to get the point, right? Um, the sounds of satisfaction, right? And that leads us in today because we're going to talk about the idea of satisfaction, specifically satisfying our appetite and not our physical appetite today, but we're going to talk about uh, satisfying our spiritual appetite uh, in this title of our tech, or our message today, self-feeding, satisfying our daily spiritual appetite. And we're going to talk today about the value of this rhythm, this pattern of spiritually self-feeding ourselves, uh, engaging in spiritual activity uh, daily and even multiple times a day, weekly, monthly, yearly, essentially to quench that which is inside of us and our spiritual appetite which by the way, is really important to do. It's very important to do. Uh, I actually found this stat this week from, it's from Barna Group and the American Bible Society. And it actually made me pretty sad, believe it or not. Um, but it says this, that between 2019 and 2020, so just, you know, a year or so ago, the percentage of US adults who say they use the Bible daily dropped from 14%, which is not a very high number, to just 9%. Yeah. 
And so not even double digits anymore. Do you, so what that, what that uh, stat was telling me as I was working on the teaching is that there are a bunch of folks in our community, probably sitting in this auditorium even, because I just know statistically that's how it might work out, right? That are lacking a daily regiment of spiritually self-feeding themselves. Because the, num- the numbers are pretty clear, right? And what that further tells me is that, that if that is actually truly the case then, that their spiritual appetite is indeed in need because it has to be. It actually says in Matthew chapter four, verse four, it says, man shall not, look at this, live on bread alone, but on what? But on every word that comes from the mouth of God, which means the scripture. See, our spiritual appetite can only be satisfied through a regiment of self-feeding ourselves, just like our, right, our physical bodies, right? If, if we literally only came, like what I would, uh, you know, kind of make the correlation between coming to church, right, is once a week, right? If you come to church once a week, but if you only eat once, one meal a week, you're going to be pretty hungry. Same thing is true with our spiritual appetite. If we only come to church and we don't pick up the scripture and we're only, we're, we're, we're part of the, the, you know, 91% of people who don't read the scripture, our spiritual appetite is going to be really, really in need. And so what we're going to talk about today is this idea of this pattern of this and why this is really important. And I think the book of Hebrews really sets this up very well for us in Hebrews chapter five. And so just a little bit of background about where we're going to read. This is written by the apostle Paul to a group of people, uh, essentially uh, trying to encourage the followers of Jesus that are there, um, really to, to persevere and to learn and to grow, which is why we're looking at it in the midst of this year in our vision, because right, we want to grow, we want to learn, we want to get deeper, right? And so he's writing to them in the same kind of context. And, uh, and, and really importantly for in the context of this scripture is that um, some of them were really starting to get a little weary because life had started to get a little hard for them. And they were like, well, maybe we just go back to the Jewish law. And they were going to kind of leave some of the things that, that Paul had been teaching them. So let's pick it up in verse 11. It says this in Hebrews 5, 11. It says, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And so as we look at this rhythm, this idea of spiritual uh, self-feeding ourselves, we have two points in the midst of this today. And so if you're taking notes, you can write this first thing down. Self-feeding spiritually is crucial because, you can write this in, trying gives growth a chance. Trying gives growth a chance. And I'll unpack that for you this morning. Uh, Back in the text, verse 11. It says, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you, and then our line list, no longer try to understand. And so as I was studying this mess, for this message this, this week, and uh, I really took notice of this part of the text, this idea of trying. And so when I was, uh, as I was kind of div- diving into the text, I, I was thinking, you know, what Paul is saying here, what he's telling these people, he's, he's telling them, hey, look, there's an opportunity here. Hey, folks, wake up. There is an opportunity here. But, but if you don't engage, if you, if you don't walk into spiritual things, if you, if you don't try to do something and, and to grow into a greater disciple, then the rest of your life is going to remain a little foggy. The rest of your life is going to just be the same. If we look at it again, in verse, verse 11 says, right, I learned a different part. It says, it is hard to make it clear to you. Why? 
Why is it hard to make it clear? Because you no longer try to understand. You see this idea of spiritually self-feeding ourselves. The only guarantee that we have is that if we do nothing, we will get nothing. But if we try, if we, if we actually try to engage in the spiritual things, we get into the Bible, we pray, we spend time at church, we fast, we, we tithe, we do all of these spiritual disciplines. If we try to do those things, we're not gonna be perfect at them by any means. But if we try, we might actually grow. We have a chance. Growth has a chance. It says in verse 13 that we aren't supposed to stay satisfied with where we are. It says, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. We are not meant to live on milk. The, the, the true life of a, of a disciple, folks, what we're shooting for at the end of 2021, deeper discipleship, being a deeper follower, even myself as a pastor, I wanna be a deeper disciple at the end of the year than I am today. It, the reality is, is if a true life of a disciple is not gonna have just milk. It's gonna have some solid food. The, the life that's marked by righteousness will always be out of reach if we don't grab on to not anything other than milk. We've got to go to the deep things of God. God, seek the, the, the deep things of God. I don't know about you, but I want, I want the deep things of God. I want the righteousness of God. I want that well within my grasp. And honestly, as your pastor, I want that well within your grasp. But it's going to take more than just being here on a Sunday. By the way, being here on a Sunday morning, awesome. Keep doing that but it's gonna take more than just being here on a Sunday morning. And by the way, I wish that I could strong arm you and just make you do it, but guess what? I can't do that. It's on you to do and me to do. I also took notice uh, in verse 12, it says, though by this time, and I underline this, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. And, and Paul uses this, this phrase, you ought to be teachers. What he was saying to them, he's saying, hey, you ought to have grown up. You have, the needle should have moved, and yet you were just satisfied sitting at the kitty table. By the way, nobody likes the kitty table, right? But they were satisfied, and Paul was disappointed because he's like, man, by this time, you ought to have been teachers. You should have grown, but, you know, their spiritual muscles, I would even say, have begun to atrophy. They were just settled, staying in the elementary things of God. And, and folks, we are not meant to do that. Um. I've used this illustration in the past, and so if you've heard it before, I apologize, but I was reminded of it again this week. Uh, I was reminded of the movie uh, from back in the 90s, Billy Madison. Anybody remember the movie Billy Madison? So if you don't know the, 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 the movie, it's kind of a goofy movie, but, but basically, like, Billy Madison is a 27-year-old guy who's basically immature, and so his dad wants to hand him the family business, but basically, he's like, yeah, you're too immature to do that. So to prove to his dad that he is mature enough, he goes back to grade school two weeks in each grade to prove to his dad that he can do that and take over, blah, blah, blah. Well, the reason I thought about it again this week is because there's a scene in the movie where he's in the elementary school and there's a young man who says, hey, Billy, I can't wait till I get to go to high school. And he actually says, I can't wait till I get to go to hike school. And so then Billy grabs him by the face like this and he goes, no, stay here as long as you can. And he's shaking the kid's face like this. And he goes, cherish it, cherish it. Just like that, all right? So he does all that. You guys remember that scene in the movie, right? Have you seen it, right? I can think. And so here's my thought again this week as I was thinking about this idea of, of where we are spiritually and self-feeding ourselves. Folks, I think, God, I think Paul in this text, and God would grab us all by the face and he would say, no, don't.
Stay here. Try. Grow. Become a deeper disciple of Jesus. Don't stay here. And honestly, move on as fast as you can. But for us to do that, folks, for us to, to not to not stay where we are, we have to try. We have to put up a shot. That's why I use this image for this point, this idea of a young man shooting a basketball. Folks, the reality is nothing will happen if you don't take the shot. Nothing. I was actually thinking this week uh, when I was thinking about that, about my son, Elijah. He used to play, uh, back in the day when he was really little, upwards basketball. There's a picture of Elijah. Come on the screen. So he was a wee little guy back then. He's a lot taller than me now. Um, but Elijah, if you don't know upwards, upwards is a, a, a Christian basketball league. It's pretty low key, kind of for beginners, things like that. So we put Elijah in and uh, we, we realized pretty early on in the first season with Elijah, uh, for some reason, every time he got the ball, he would just do this and he would look for somebody to pass it to. He literally just hold on to the ball. And so uh, that season, we talked a lot about, just dribble the ball! Like that was, I wasn't the intense dad at all by any means. <laughs> I was like, would you just dribble the ball? Right. Um, so lovingly, I said, hey, just dribble the ball. So, <laughs> so this is what I thought I was thinking about Elijah this week in the midst of our, uh, our, our talk today. Like, what, how many of you know that when Elijah would just hold the ball, he would get into defensive trouble almost every time? Go bring that picture back up there. This was about the only time Elijah got to shoot the ball when he actually got fouled and he got to go to the foul line, right? And so this is my thought with us, folks. If we hold on to the ball, can I guarantee you that our life is going to have trouble? If, if, we don't, if we hold on to the ball and we, and we let our Bible sit on the shelf and we don't read it and we don't spend time with God in prayer and we don't do any spiritual disciplines, the reality is we're gonna get in trouble. Now, the reality is life is gonna have trouble. We're promised that, but I will tell you this. In my life, as I let God wash over me through the scripture and through prayer, things get a little bit better. And I want a little bit better and then I want a little bit more better and a little bit more better in your life and in my life. And it's gonna take us engaging into these spiritual things. I was in a conversation with my older brother yesterday. And he and I were talking about like our lives and uh, we, both, like, we, we both have a kind of a, a spiritual wound from our dad and his alcoholism. And, and we all tend, like my whole family, we tend to have anger issues. And I shared with Ryan, I said, you know, Ryan, I, um, the only reason I'm better in my anger is because of Jesus. The only reason I'm better in my anger is because of Jesus. And folks, I don't know what your thing is, but you can name your thing. The only way you're gonna get better in that thing is because of Jesus. Oh, and then here's the cool part. Just like a, just like a basketball player who spends time on the basketball court working on their shot, there's actually a young man, every time I drive from here to my house, there's a basketball court there, and there's a young man, he's been out there all winter long, he's just working on it, it's just him, by himself, he's just working on a shot, working on, guess what, when you, when you do that, when you, when you work out like that and you work on your shot, you, you get better. And so the same is true with us spiritually, folks. If we, if we will dive in and we will spend the time when nobody else is around, when nothing else is happening, and we will spend time in spiritual things, we will get better. So here's a question for us this morning. You can write this in. I don't think it's on your handout, so you can write it in. Uh, what am I willing to adjust in my life to make space to feed my spiritual appetite? 
What am I willing to adjust in my life to make space to feed my spiritual appetite? Because here's what I know. If you hold the ball and you do nothing different when you leave here, your spiritual appetite might actually just stay the same. Now, some of you might be doing really well with that, right? But I don't know about you, but I want to be better, right? And some of you, you know, you know you're in need because you're not, you haven't really been doing anything, right? And so what do you need to change? So for some of you, it might mean uh, losing some sleep, getting up a little early, make sure you can spend time reading the Bible and pray. Maybe for some of you, it's uh, giving up some level of activity. Do something that you like to do. Like, actually, don't play, uh, what's a video game? I'm not a video gamer. So, like, don't play video games for three hours. You know, give up an hour. Spend time with God. Maybe it's giving up uh, a relationship or a series of, I don't know what it is for you, but here's what I know, that if we don't, again, right, insanity, right, uh, doing the same thing, expecting different, different results. But if, we, if you walk out and you do the same thing, you're going to stay the same. But if you walk out and you change something, Right? The likely, you give growth a chance. You might actually see growth in your life, which is what I want for you. And so here's what I would say to that end, and then we'll go on to point two. As I would say to you this, I would say start now. Start now. So um, the two biggest things about spiritually self-feeding ourselves, and there are lots of ways you can do that, but the two big ones are reading the Bible and spending time in prayer. And so I would tell you this, pick up your Bible and read. Like read, and, I, and if I could implore you to read a, paper, read, read a paper Bible, read a paper Bible. It matters. And so pick up a Bible. If you don't have one, man, we'll give you one. But read the Bible. If you don't know where to start, start in the book of John. It's about Jesus. It's a, this, one of the Gospels. It's a great, easy book to read. Or start in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Pro, Proverbs is 31 chapters, so there's one for every day of the month. You could read one chapter a, month, uh, a day. And it's what I call the tweetable verses of the Bible, right? You can tweet them out, and uh, they're, just, they're just great one-liners, so pick up your Bible and read. And if, you, and if that scares you, you can even come to our workshop Saturday, right? And next Saturday, you can sign up for that now. Uh, the first workshop is how to read your Bible. And so we'll teach you some things on how to do that, okay? Uh, you can also come to one of the journey groups. Uh, the Mal- Mal- Malachi is one of them. Uh, it'll be four weeks, and Philippians is the other one. And again, it's just reading the Bible together. So you're gonna be at least in the Word. So you can sign up for one of those. And there's lunch, and it's, it, you'll be here for an hour after church, after this service. So that's, that's what I would say in regards to the Bible. In regards to prayer, I would say, uh, set aside a time and a place to pray. Now, you can pray anytime, right? But I don't know about you, but like my, my prayer life is better when I, uh, I set aside a time to do it in the mornings before I start the rest of my day. Now, I pray a lot throughout the day, but I mean, I just, it, just there's a reality of an intentional, deep conversation with God. Um, I said first service, you know, uh, my wife Lee and I, we've been married uh, now almost 18 years, been together for 26 years. Um, I know I don't look that old. We started dating when I was 14. And so uh, we've been together for a long time. And the reality is, is that if I, if Lee and I didn't intentionally sit down and have conversations with each other, we wouldn't develop a great relationship. And the same is true with God. If we don't talk to God, we're not going to have a deep relationship with God. We got to talk to God. Now, Leah would tell you, she was in the service. <laughs> I asked her first service, I said, do I, do I tell you lots of things? She goes, yeah, sometimes too much. All right. I talk a lot. I talk a lot. And so like the reality, but like, I feel like what if that, what would my relationship with God look like if I treated it like my relationship with my wife? And I had that kind of dialogue and not just that I talk to God, but that I listen to God because prayer is talking and listening. It's a two-way street dialogue, right? Now I know some of you go, yeah, but Matt, prayer is weird. Like I don't want to pray out loud. By the way, I, I, I get it. I've been there. I've experienced that. And you'll get better at it as you do it. But you got to do it. It's like flexing those muscles, right? And of course, you can come to the How to Pray uh, workshop on that workshop Saturday. That's the second one. So you can come for both those, one of those. Um, but man, I think that would give you some practical tips in the midst of both of those things. 
So that's the first thing today. Self-feeding spiritually is crucial because trying gives growth a chance. Second thing, and I'm mostly just going to give this to you because it's pretty straightforward today. Uh, Self-feeding spiritually is crucial because it aids in staying street smart. You can write that on street smart. Essentially, it gives us wisdom. It says in verse 14, it's about solid food is for the mature who by constant use, which by the way, those are important words, constant use, that's what we're talking about, right? Self-feeding spiritually daily, right? By constant use have, and then here it is, trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And so uh, it makes you smart. As one of my teachers used to say back when I was in high school, smarter than the average bear. It'll make you smart. I mean, how cool is that? It says, right, be able to better distinguish positive and negative, good from evil, seeing things deeper than face value, and ultimately uh, how things, what, what things are really, it'll make us smart. And so it's not just activity, it's not just spiritual activity, which by the way, I mentioned this in first service too. I think the, um, there is a potential hazard this year that I want to make sure that we avoid because I don't, I don't want you to walk away from this year and say, uh, okay, to be a follower of Jesus, I need to do X, Y, and Z. By the way, being a follower of Jesus, you just give your life to him. The activity doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. And so I don't want you to understand, I want you to understand as we go through the course of the year that these are tools to that, not that. Does that make sense? There's a differentiation in the midst of that. So, so I want to make sure we do, but, but I will tell you this, uh, it's not just spiritual activity when we're doing this. I wrote it down like this in my notes. It's life-changing, it's life-altering data entry. When we do these, it's life-altering data entry for the better. Who doesn't want more of that? I mean, come on, bring that on, right? And then I started to, to, to take a rabbit trail when I was in my prep, and I started to think about a movie that my son Elijah and I, we like to watch action movies, that we uh, stumbled upon on Netflix about a year or so ago. And it was, uh, it's a movie called Limitless. It uh, stars uh, Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro. Anybody seen this movie? A couple of, a couple of you guys have seen this movie? Um, well, if you've seen it, you may know why it started to come into my mind as I started working on this message. But um, if you haven't seen it, I have a short clip of, uh, of the uh, trailer. So take a look at this, and I'll tell you what's in my head when I was walking through it. You know how they say that we can only access 20% of our brain? This lets you access all of it. They've had clinical trials, and it's FDA approved. I just had a curiosity, and that's all. I was blind, but now I see. A tablet a day, and I was limitless. I now had cultural appetites. Since when do you speak Italian? I finished my book in four days. I like to renegotiate my advance. Math became useful. From 12,000 to 2.3 million in 10 days. I'm baffled by this guy. So, Eddie Mora, you do know you're a freak. What's your secret? Medication. Okay, now. So the movie's about this guy, Eddie Mora, who is a struggling writer. He's introduced to this cognitive-enhancing supplement called NZT48, which gives him the ability not just to use a part of his brain, but his full brain, and, and ultimately, right, changes his lifestyle, he lavish lifestyle. He's able to, uh, like, uh, learn like at a crazy pace, predict stocks, all kind of stuff, and whatever. So life changes and whatever. Now, spoiler alert, movie's been out a little while. Basically, after so much time, it starts to mess with the chemical makeup of his brain and his body, and things don't go so great for him in the midst of it, okay? So, but here's my thought is, as we walk through this, as I recall this film. 
Now, we don't have any guarantee of a lavish lifestyle, right, or, or financial success, uh, but if I can make the correlation this morning in what we're talking about, um, by engaging in self-feeding ourselves spiritually, in some ways, folks, we become limitless. We become limitless. It says right in the text, right, that we get smarter, wiser, able to better distinguish positive and negative, good for evil. That is a big deal and a reason to press into these things. I don't think there's a single one of you that I would ask you at the end, like, hey, do you want to get smarter? And you'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> right? Like, we'll be able to better distinguish so that it'll make us smart, but it's going to take spiritually engaging and self-feeding ourselves every single day. It says in Romans 12 too, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, but it's going to start with spiritual engagement. Then we will get a renewing of our mind. Romans 8, 6, the mind governed by flesh is death. But the, look at this, the mind governed by the spiritual life is, uh, by, by the spirit is life and peace. Talk about a lavish lifestyle and success. It's right there. When more governed by the spirit day after day. See, this stuff, it changes things because it changes us. It gives us wisdom and we become limitless. I don't know, but that's a good reason to press in. That is a really, really good reason to press in. And so self-feeding gives us a, a chance to grow as well as street smarts. I think some good things to consider uh, to press into. I know I want to press into more of those things uh, in my own life. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.